If you're a mamapreneur looking to grow your business in powerful new ways with the support of a mastermind and a business coach, I invite you to check out A Players. Being with women who are doing the same work, who are on the same journey, people who have done what I aspire to do. And I've never been more clear on the direction of my business. A Players is a 90-day group coaching program for mama entrepreneurs looking to get to the next level in their business. This is an opportunity to step into the spotlight and earn the visibility and the progress that you deserve. It is for game changers and action takers who are looking for the strategy, peer support and accountability so they can achieve amazing milestones in their business. Making the investment in yourself is like literally opening a door to the next level of yourself. It isn't until we really take that step and invest in ourselves that we are able to grow. In just 90 days, you'll achieve some of your biggest, boldest goals, all alongside some of our incredible mamas who'll be working on exactly the same things. I feel so well-grounded, at least in that VIP experience. And I'm also not feeling like I need to go off the rails and continue to offer other options now because this is nailing it. This is one of the most supportive and results-driven programs of its kind, and we want you to be a part of it. A-Players is a very special program, and it's only open for enrollment a few times a year. So if you want to take your business to the next level, this is your chance to make the leap. To find out more and book your enrollment call, visit mamasandco.com slash coaching. Hi, I'm Leanne Kim, and this is the Business of Thinking Big the podcast where we talk all things business mindset, strategy, and hustle. So if you're looking to grow your revenue, serve more dream clients, and create amazing new possibilities, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Stay tuned. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Business of Thinking Big. I'm your host and business coach, Leanne Kim. Thank you so much for being here with me. I wanted to do an episode about reframing rejection, the big R, because I know how many of you struggle with rejection. And I know that that's one of the hardest parts when you're new to running a business is putting yourself out there, you know, really shouting to the world all the things that you have and all the ways that you want to help. And then hearing a big fat no. And I know that this idea of rejection can be really heavy. And one of the ways I know that is I was recently met with this question inside of A Players, our group coaching program for mama entrepreneurs. One of the members there, this was our first day. It was the kickoff session and we had had a great discussion. We were together most of the day, you know, and working on our big goals and dreams. It was amazing. And then one of the members spoke up and very vulnerably shared something that I wasn't expecting, but I'm so, so glad she did because I know she was not the only person in the Zoom room who was thinking it. She basically said, you know, maybe you could share from your own personal experience, but I'm finding it really hard when I'm doing sales calls and when someone says no to me. I'm finding it really hard not to make it about 
me and you know, I really feel badly when someone says no and I'm finding it's really difficult for me to get out of this. So maybe you could share a little bit more about your experiences. And so I was just so grateful she asked because I, I know it was emotional and heavy for her. But what I also knew was loads of other gals on the call were like, yes, me too. I feel that way too. And it, it forced me to think back to my first year in business when I was putting myself out there and you know I was doing all these talks. I was trying to generate as many sales conversations as I could. It was the year of the hustle and there was a lot going on. And I remember what it felt like when somebody said no at the end of a sales conversation. I remember I would, you know, I would ask them a lot of questions. I would get to my pitch. I would share, you know, the program and the pricing. And sometimes it would just fall flat. And sometimes the person would say, oh, let me think about it. And other times they would say, yeah, no, I, I don't feel like this is right for me or I'm not feeling it right this minute. And I have to tell you, that was hard. And it was hard for the first several months, I would say. Like, you know, it was hard to hear no. It was hard to even think that someone might be thinking about a no. And here's the thing up until this point, you know, before I started my own business, I was in sales. And when I first started out in sales, as you all probably know, I was not very good. And I heard no a lot. And I lost that sales job. I didn't get to keep going. But later, when I gained some more sales skills and I was in the right environment, I got really good at sales. And what happened is I would get on these sales calls, you know, when I was working for someone else. And if someone said no, it was like no big deal at all. Like I literally didn't take it personally. It just would mean that I'd have to find a different way to meet my targets that month. That's all. That's all I made it mean was, oh, oh, well, that person didn't want it moving on. But then when I started working for myself, I lost that ability to emotionally detach. And I did find it hard because it was very different than selling somebody's product, right? Or service. It was it was selling me. And I felt like I was putting my heart and soul on the line. I felt like I was putting myself on display for everyone to see and that every rejection was like a personal attack on me. And looking back, I can see that's so not the case. But I did have to kind of armor myself up a little bit and think, wait a second, I'm good at this. I know how to sell. How did I get good? Oh, practice. Right. I just got to keep practicing. I just got to keep showing up and doing this more and more. And then it'll feel more natural to talk about my offers. And so that's one recommendation I have if you're struggling with sales conversations is don't shy away from them do more of them. Keep practicing saying the words, saying the price, record it and listen to it back. That's how you're going to get better. And more importantly, that's how you're going to get to a place where this doesn't feel weird at all, right? If you think back to anything you ever did that first felt awkward, right? Riding a bike, having sex, <laughs> lots of things in life we're not particularly gifted at right out the gate. But how do we get more comfortable with it? By keep doing it. So the more sales conversations you have, the less this will feel strange and foreign to you. But that's not to say that rejection isn't hard. It is. And again, when you're selling yourself as a coach or a consultant, or even if you're selling your own services, it feels like when someone says no, 
that they are saying no to you personally. And this is what I had to share with this A player on that day. I had to remind her that hearing a no is not a no to you. It's just a no, not right now. Or no, this isn't the program that I think is going to serve my needs. Or no, this isn't within the budget, aka I am not seeing the value yet. And I reminded her that oftentimes people that say no do come back later when they don't find a solution to their problem in another way. So I think this was really helpful for her to hear, you know, oh, okay, a no to the offer is not a no to me personally. And she realized that she had been making it personal about her. So I would ask you to think about that. When you hear no in a sales conversation, do you make it about you? Because keep in mind, we have no idea what is going on behind the scenes in that person's life. For all we know, perhaps their partner just lost their job and they're struggling, right? For all we know, who knows? It could be any number of things. I've had women who want to do coaching work with me, but they're going through a divorce and they're just not in the right headspace to do it. I have had women who want to do coaching with me and they are literally drowning in too much work that they can't carve the mental space out. So you have to remember that we have no idea someone else's story and don't assume that we do. Don't assume that because someone doesn't want to work with you, it's because they don't like you. Like that to me is one of the first and easiest things we can start to do to create that emotional detachment. And I don't mean emotionally detached from them. I want you to be very much emotionally attached to them. I want you to see them as a human being and to see where you think you can help them and really connect with them in those conversations. But where you can detach is the need to have them say yes. And this, I kind of use the analogy, right? Everyone knew that girl in high school who was so desperate to have a boyfriend or so desperate eventually to get married. And she just kind of reeked of that desperation. (laughs) You were just like, oh man, this poor girl, here she is again. And that's what happens. When our worth is determined by whether or not somebody likes us, or our own self-worth is determined by whether or not someone has said yes to working with us, that's a very slippery slope. Because what we will find is we will only feel fulfilled when we get that next client, or we get that next yes, or we get that next deposit, credit card payment, what have you. So, and we talked about this when Amber Lillystrom was on the show. We have to remember how important it is not to define our own self-worth by these external validations. And that's essentially what happens when we get too caught up in what a no or a rejection means. It means that we are so craving the validation that we'll do anything for it. And that's where we start to see things like, oh, let me just lower my price so that you can say yes. Let me customize a package for you so that you can say yes, because I need you to say yes so badly right now, right? And then our customers start to feel that. And they go, oh, gosh, don't really want to spend a lot of time or money here, right? It becomes that we start to repel people because we're so anxious that they might say no. So we really want to stay in energetically in a space where we're just having conversations. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, that's okay too. And the one thing that I'd have you keep in mind is that 
you are not meant to work with everyone. Like there are just people on this planet. I'm sure they're lovely people, but I don't want them as clients. If someone is too needy, if someone is constantly stressed and anxious, I'm not going to enjoy that coaching work with them. So I am looking for a very specific person to say yes to working with me. And it is probably only 10% at most of the people that I will ever come into contact with. Only 10% of those people are worthy of your true gifts and genius, if you want to think of it that way, right? This goes back to what I always say about dream clients. Build your business around expecting dream clients. What do dream clients do? Well, first of all, they are already raving fans who can't wait to work with us. Second of all, they value what we do so deeply that they have no problem paying in full and on time. That is a dream client. And that is who you're speaking to in your marketing, in your messaging, and it's who you should be bringing into sales calls. So if you're not having sales conversations with enough dream clients, you got to go look at your marketing and say, who am I attracting then? And I actually, this came up as well in our A players conversation. Some women were like, whoa, I can see now why I don't have a full roster of dream clients. Looking at my marketing thinking, yeah, that's not speaking to her. She's not seeing that going, sign me up. So all of this stuff is really great information for you to know. And that's what I want you to remember when I when I say to reframe rejection. Hearing no is a good thing. Write that down. Hearing someone say no thank you to working with me is actually a good thing for all the ways that we talked about. Every time you hear a no, it means that you have just learned that person is not worth your time. Great. No makes room for yes. I want to give a shout out to my book editor, Tanya Moreas, who actually mentioned this in a, a social media comment recently. She, she saw something I posted about this and she said, yeah, no makes room for yes. When someone says no to you, great. They have just left the door open for someone amazing to come in and take their spot. So keep that in mind. Also, if you're currently viewing no as a personal failure, right? Because you're getting rejected, that's a personal failure. You have a choice to view that as a failure or you have a choice to view it as a learning. Why are they saying no? Hmm. Especially if it's someone that you did think was a dream client, because sometimes that happens, right? Someone you just, you really do want to work with them. You can see how much of a match their problem is to your specific skill set. So you're like, oh yeah, I want to get my hands on her. I want to make a difference in this person's lives. So sometimes when we have those potential dream clients and they say no, it can hurt, but I encourage you to say, okay, so why did this person say no? And if you're doing what I recommend, you are recording your sales calls and you are watching them back to see where you lost them. Where did the conversation go south? right? Was it when you started talking about the offer? Were you talking too much? Were you talking too little? Did you trip over your tongue when you started to talk about the pricing? Because I know that can really change the energy of a conversation. I mean, be a detective in this case. Go and be your own business coach. Think back or look back and figure out why are they saying no? And for most of us, the thing that we have to remember is it's not that it's too expensive. If they say it's about price, it's not because it's too expensive. It's because they haven't made a connection of value. They have to see 
that your offer is the thing that is going to solve their problem. And if they don't see that, they're not going to buy, right? Nobody wants to flush money down the toilet. So again, see this as a learning and think, where could I be further articulating the value if that's the problem? Or how could I be letting them speak more? Do I need to ask more questions? Like you got to you got to go back and and use this as an opportunity to learn and grow because a no can be a failure if you decide it is or it could be the best thing that you ever had happen in your business if you really leverage this as an opportunity for growth and I recommend that you do. Right? And here's the other thing that I'll say about hearing no. As someone who has heard no a lot in her life, not just in business either, you know, the more you hear no, it's a good indication that you're putting out a lot of offers, right? If you're hardly ever hearing no, well, you're probably not selling enough. But if you're doing a lot of conversations and you're charging your worth, you're charging what your services should be charged at, should be valued at, then you are going to hear no a lot. In fact, my current conversion rate is somewhere between 30 and 50%, and it's what I recommend that you aim for. Why? Because you don't want to be serving everybody. And if they're all saying yes, it's probably because you look like a deal or a bargain, which I don't like. So you have to remember that there is a certain conversion rate that you're going for, and it's not 100%, which means you know there is a percentage of people that are going to say no for this business to work. And the more you hear no, the more offers you are making. The more offers you are making, the more you will hear no. I probably make over 100 offers a year. I probably have over 100 sales calls a year. That means in my business journey, I've probably had just just my own business, over 500 sales calls. So when people say, how are you so good at this? I go, I've done it a lot. And you're going to get good at it too. But not if you let the first couple of no's stand in your way of success, right? Don't let a no stop you. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, learn from it, and go on to the next conversation, right? Because remember, hearing a no is not a no to you. And no makes space for those yeses. It makes space for those dream clients. As your business grows and evolves, you're going to continue to put out different offers. You might, you know, like I have done over the years, you might create a conference or launch a podcast or write a book. Do you know how many people I sent an email to to let them know that my book was now available? It's $23. And the majority of those people did not buy it, not because they don't like me, but it just wasn't a priority to them at that time right? Not because it was too expensive. Can you imagine if I ran around saying, oh my gosh, people must hate me. They didn't buy my book. They must think $23 is too expensive. I should charge 18. Like, no, we have to stop doing this. Stop hearing these no's and making it mean that you're doing something wrong, right? Use it as an opportunity. And and here's what I will say. In the beginning, it's okay to have your feelings hurt a little bit, but I think it's a sign of growth that you are hearing no. And I think the more that it happens, eventually you'll just get to a point where you're like, yeah, it's part of the game. Of course I hear no. I hear no all the time. It's no big deal, right? Imagine you are 10 years down the line in your business. Imagine how many people you will have spoken to in 10 years. 
I mean, if I keep going on this pace, I will have spoken to thousands of people, most of whom did not end up working with me. You can view that as a big old waste of time or a big fat failure, or you can say, wow, that's thousands of people whose life I got to touch in a conversation, even if they didn't buy, even if they never spend a cent with me. I'm hoping there was one thing they took from that conversation that was of value, and maybe they'll come back in the future. And maybe, even if they don't come back, they might send me a friend, someone they care about. They might refer someone to me. So keep that in mind every time you go into a sales conversation or a sales opportunity of any kind, right? It's not about yes or no. Business is a marathon and not a sprint. It really is about building relationships over time and sharing your gifts with as many people as you possibly can. And the right ones will say yes, and only the right ones. Remember, there's loads of people out there. If they don't see your worth, if they don't see how amazing you are at what you do, then trust me, you don't want them. If they come back around in the future, great. But if they say no, then they're not for you. End of story. It's not about you. It's nothing you did right or wrong. It just is. (sighs) And I know that can be hard. And I hope that this conversation around this kind of sensitive topic was helpful to you. And if it was, I would love to hear from you. So feel free to shoot me a DM. I'm on Instagram at Leanne Kim Coach. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode around reframing rejection. Thanks so much for being here. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the business of thinking big. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. We would love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes, which will help more people like you find the show. And of course, you can learn more at leannekim.com.